सहनावतु सहनौ सह वीर्यम करवाहस्वीतमस्तुमाषावै So, we are in the latter portion of mantra number 5 and uh, here is the, here is where we stopped. Purusha samyaha buddhi purvam ihaiva vartate. Purusha samyaha buddhi purvam, the word must not be connected to ihaiva vartate, um, uh, you know, in the sense that Buddhi uh, Purvam, you cannot take the meaning to be before the Buddhi came into being. That's not the, the meaning. Buddhi Purvam means that uh, that intentionality, if we can call it that, and, and you know, this is something which has been debated a lot in the Brahma Sutras. You know, there is one uh, section called, uh, uh, what is it called? Pravesha Shruti. And Pravesha Shruti means the section which has the um, you know the section which has the uh, discussion on uh, how this bhagavan not only created within quotes this world but also inhabited this world this is something which is which is uh, discussed at length in what is called the Pravesha Shruti. It's, you know, any, uh, all manners of uh, uh, discussions uh, in all the Upanishads which talk about Bhagavan doing Pravesha, meaning, quote-unquote, entering every name and form and inhabiting every name and form has been a hotly discussed, debated part, um, you know, in the tradition of the Upanishads. And so the uh, the point of contestation are two uh, in the in the tradition in the hermeneutical tradition. One is how can this being you know how did this being create? And it's the same. The the first point of contention is the same as the Valakhilya's question: How did this being create without intentionality? You know. Without desires. So desire means intention. So because without uh, desire, there cannot be an intention. And without intention, how can a creation take place? You know, what can you create in your in your life? You look, whatever you have done, you have done with a plan, with a blueprint, with a desire to accomplish something. Because without desire, nobody does anything, you know. One is lying there apathetically, not doing anything. And so, therefore, what? So, therefore, this, this behooves some discussion over here. And uh, how did this Purusha, Purusha here we take the meaning of Bhagavan. The same word is used to denote Bhagavan and Jiva depending on how you uh, derive it. So, the derivation which says Sarvan Purayati here is, is the one in question. The one that fills up everything, the one that completes everything, the may, the one that is everything, you know. And the other meaning is, of course, the one who is locked up, so to speak, the the, the chaitanya, the consciousness that is, so to speak, locked up with the in the body mind sense complex as the body mind sense complex and identifies as itself, you know, non separate from the body mind sense complex, and therefore comes to grief. So this is, these are two uh, definitions of the word Purusha and here the former one is taken. 
so how did this bhagavan that completes everything and uh, that is that is full and limitless and whole limitlessly whole how did this creation take place if the you know the precondition of being limitlessly whole is uh, to be shuddha puta puta here you know means free of all you know antakarana problems inner problems like you know what is that you know ragadvesha shuddha puta both of them together ragadvesha papa punya you know effects of one's action and then the reaction to the effect of one's action depression fear anger jealousy all of that so this bhagavan who is free of ragadveshas ragadveshas include intentionality to either create something or to amass something or to destroy something whatever it is so how did this world come into being so here we take recourse to a uh, metaphor which is very beautiful and what is that metaphor you know just like the individual deciding to wake up when <laughs> not in sleep in sleep you cannot make any decisions you are not capable of making any decisions that's why it's called supta avastha the sleep state because this is a state in which you are not able to make any decisions at all you know much to the joy of the significant other at least in sleep the person is not throwing their weight around at least in sleep the person is not making decisions overriding you know whatever other people's intentions are so in sleep one is you know like a baby that's why one says i slept like a baby because really you can't cause anything you can't create anything including confusion so you know so how does the sleeping person wake up this is again hotly contested and discussed at length in the brahma sutras how does a sleeping person wake up what is it that wakes up a sleeping person ultimately we have to say i mean the final decision uh, you know about this is that it's prarabdha prarabdha karma that wakes the person up yeah prarabdha karma means one's own you know what is that one's own karma one's own karma with which one has been born or you know one has so much karma for to 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 uh, cover many 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 you know infinite life lifetimes and if brahman is infinite karma is also equally infinite uh, you know uh, why because you know this jiva is anadi without beginning and if you've had one human like existence meaning with free will in any cycle of creation it produces endless numbers of karma so that one keeps being born again and again and again and so really speaking so this karma out of this you know vast mass of collected karma through many many lifetimes called sanchita a small portion is broken up you know just like you need a lot of dough atta and out of that you break a little portion and then you make a chapati so that's why the person has a feeling of being flattened out at birth <laughs> and as though that is not enough then it goes on the hot tawa on the griddle and then it is nicely cooked and this is what the whole thing is so this is called prarabdha what one has to experience in the course of one life this is what is called prarabdha and so prarabdha karma this karma idese is ultimately responsible for waking up the sleeping person because really you know you cannot have an internal you know impetus to wake up while one is sleeping so the sleeping person to wake up i mean who is going to wake up the sleeping person you know and how does the sleeping person wake up you can say oh somebody just shook went to the sleeping person stood by their bedside and shook some shook their shoulder you know shook their shoulder patted their back and then woke them up that is the kind version 
and what is the unkind version threw a glass of water on them <laughs> cold water and then they woke up you know so you know so that is a different thing because that is an external impetus because the body was affected and then you know since the body was affected the sleep was disturbed but even here you know what is it why should the sleep be disturbed you know why can't the sleeping person keep on sleeping prarabdha and how does the prarabdha operate prarabdha operates why because there's only you know just like all comfortable situations all punya you know that you have got um, that only lasts for so long you know punya lasts uh, like you know short time yeah papa also lasts for a short time but one doesn't think so one begs to differ because papa is more the, you know the negative karma called papa the negative effects of negative karma called papa you know which goes against dharma is called, is experienced um, you know pain is painful to experience and so people think it it is for a long time but it is not you know it is not for a long time and so therefore what uh, they 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 have a you know they have a uh, a certain kind of a um, you know short lived they are all short lived so everybody brings some punya and papa into their lives and then what happens you know that punya and papa is responsible in the, is called prarabdha karma in this particular life lifestyle yeah, you know or it could be an instant karma from whatever you have done you know agami karma also it could it turns into you know sometimes in the present but anyhow mostly it is prarabdha so this prarabdha manifests in the form of you know papa punya unfolding on a minute by minute day by day basis and so when the karma unfolds you know comfortable situations it unleashes or what else <laughs> uncomfortable situations it unleashes now can we have a uh, you know can we have a consensus that you know that we are uh, you know that we we all agree that what that we all agree that sleep is punya <laughs> meaning sleep is a comfortable situation can we agree on that huh? yes definitely because how can you not agree that sleep is <laughs> uncomfortable we are talking about not uh, going before the you know being an insomniac <laughs> you know uh, it's not about being an insomniac uh, before sleep and it's not the lament that uh, one you know feels uh, after getting up from sleep Uh, this is the situation the situation is is very um, interesting because if if we all agree that sleep is a comfortable situation and if sleep is comfortable it is punya phala it is the result of action done in the last life called punya why you know why because in sleep you don't trouble anybody right Uh, intentionally or even unintentionally you don't trouble anybody so for all the times for all the moments that you have not troubled anybody in the last lifetimes you are blessed with sleep <laughs> isn't that fantastic ah so uninterrupted delicious heavy fantastic all forgetting sleep is a reward for not troubling anybody intentionally or unintentionally ha so therefore what so therefore if uh, uh, if you know there are trouble if there is trouble sleeping you can't blame somebody else ha even if the neighbor is remodeling his or her house even if the neighbors are remodeling their house at what time you know in at 2 o'clock at night in most places 
there are laws against this and so you know but in some countries like india there are no law you know uh, there are no laws yeah so there are no laws against this so sometimes the construction work goes on you know at midnight at one o'clock you hear the drill and then what you just wake up startled it's not their fault <laughs> ah your own karma good karma ran out huh that's what it is so think twice before you start going charging to their house and knocking on the door or if you have their phone number calling them ha ah. and then you know and then the question of oh but the little children are always waking up that is your karma that's not the little child's karma it's too small for its karma to be activated it may have little bit of karma but it's your karma really ha ah. yeah is your karma in the form of the child yeah you have to take care of it so it may be the child's karma too but mostly at this point it is your karma accept it with 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 as as a prasada that's all it is so sleep is good karma and in this sleep one is not capable of making any decisions whatsoever including most importantly the decision to wake up this is very very important so this is all discussed a lot in the brahma sutra who wakes up the sleeping person is it bhagavan one purva pakshi says one fellow you know is it bhagavan waking you up as though bhagavan has no other business you know you know uh, what is that playing lullabies for the for the person to go to sleep and then waking up the sleeping person no i mean ultimately everything is bhagavan but here it is bhagavan in the form of karma phala so karma phala you know puts you to sleep even in vedanta class that is why even in in a live class situation where i have a live audience i never wake up anybody who is sleeping yeah <laughs> because they are enjoying their punya karma why should i disturb them that is what i i think and so therefore what so therefore now in the sleep one is incapable of deciding to wake up so how does the transition very interesting question how does the transition from a sleeping state to waking state how does it actually happen you know nobody knows <laughs> how does it actually happen what are the mechanisms you know even these big big sleep doctors who put you all these wires and you know everything they put and then you and they 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 watch you sleeping you know this is uh, i don't know how anybody can sleep in that situation but somehow the punya kicks in and then puts you to sleep and then the papa kicks in and wakes you up even they cannot tell what are, i mean they can they can say okay you know the rem state happens and okay before sleeping the body warms up a little bit why we don't know well before i mean before waking up the body warms up a little bit and then there is a little more sensation uh, the blood flow is more why we don't know they can only observe what is happening they cannot tell how even the people who study sleep are not able to you know unequivocally say what is it that makes someone who is sleeping actually come into the waking state not possible to tell you know i suppose some things are very you know uh, mysterious and this is again whenever we are talking about karma it's always mysterious gahana karmano gatihi the ways of karma are very difficult to explain says lord krishna in the bhagavad gita so therefore what therefore we are left with one explanation that the sleeping person cannot decide to wake up in sleep so in sleep you know what happens is that the shastra says that the mind and all the decision making faculties the sense organs and you know buddhi everything retreats into a causal form ha and so then what happens so the decision to wake up is made before the sleep happens ha so one decides to wake up when before going to bed 
what day is tomorrow mm big meeting at the office mm i have to wake up early i have to prepare big board meeting i have to prepare i have to present or i have an appointment or i have to go to the temple so i have to start the day one hour earlier one hour earlier only only then i'll be able to meet the demands of the day so the demands of the day prarabdha karma the decision that you have made is is using the buddhi when when it is fully awake ah you can't make a decision to wake up in sleep you know while sleeping from sleep while sleeping so the decision is made while the buddhi is awake and then that decision retreats into a causal form and look at the intelligence here and that decision you know is like a time release decision just you know, like certain pills you take they act instantly you know and certain pills you take it's called tr timed release like insulin is a very good example so there are certain forms of insulin that diabetics have to take you know which which in- instantly they you know they they uh, it releases the insulin into the body this is very important for especially what is that you know type 1 diabetic sometimes they need this and sometimes there are certain forms of insulin that it's a slow release same thing with pills you know even there are certain pain pills which don't release immediately they 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 have certain coating and then underneath that coating there is another coating and then another coating like this so they are formulated in such a way that they release a little little bit of medicine and then they they completely wear out after 6 hours 8 hours 4 hours whatever it is so they last for some time and so this you know the decision to wake up is made by the buddhi before going to sleep before going to bed is what is like a timed release decision after 8 hours i will wake up after 6 hours i will wake up whatever the decision may be and then you know like the time release capsule this encapsulated decision which has retreated into a sukshma form no not even a sukshma form a karana form a causal form and then what happens and then slowly that decision you know activates yeah a sleeping decision <laughs> activates a sleeping decision made before the body mind sense went to bed went to sleep is 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 a potent decision that that activates in time comes to fruition in time this is this is bhagavan's intelligence this is beautiful this is so wonderful and even just before the alarm rings unless one is extremely tired or you know uh, or has not made the decision consciously or has some other problems with the health or has made the uh, you know or as is most often the case has made the decision from a conflicted standpoint ah oh, i just wish i didn't have to wake up at this stupid meeting is there and i have to go and why this meeting is there and why i have to go so there's already a dwandva a conflict in the heart and when the decision is made from the standpoint of this conflict what happens <laughs> you know then it is difficult to get up then that time release is confused what to do whether to wake up or what to wake up because the buddhi was not engaged it was the surface level of the mind sankalpa vikalpa this is what the whole this thing and so therefore what so therefore the waking up is 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 uh, vitiated by this confusion but barring this this confusion or conflict barring any kind of health problems that that interfere with the buddhi that is already the body is ailing with something and barring some you know other condition of the body like being extremely tired the night before uh, you know the the waking will happen automatically just one or two minutes before the alarm is set to go off this is amazing this is what we call the an internal clock 
the sakshi pratyaksha the witness of time you know so to speak that chaitanya that consciousness which is now a knower of time that manifests as an internal time keeper kicks this decision you know at the appropriate time into 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 manifesting itself in the form of the waking state so this transition is very beautiful really and so this decision to wake up was a timed decision that was made a long time ago it was not made during the sleep that is what is called buddhi purvam here so don't get confused you know it doesn't mean before the buddhi was created it this is what it means what we have just uh, discussed at length now the same mechanism we you know we kind of um, extrapolate on the at the macro level ah we extrapolate the same decision at the macro level look at uh, you know number uh, mantra number 5 you know suptasya buddhi purvam vibodhapa evam iti so just as as evam iti just like what suptasya you know just like for the sleeping person buddhi purvam you know vibodha vibodha the waking or the the knowing what happens so this this intelligence the knowing which which allows the waking to take place you know without the intention being made in the sleep that previous intention in a capsule form you know goes into a time release mode and then wakes up the body mind complex on that appointed time similarly the purusha here bhagavan sarvan purayati iti purushah you know this bhagavan what does this bhagavan do same thing so without intentionality how to create because the bhagavan is in what is called laya laya means before creation happens that state is called laya laya is just like sleep ha <laughs> laya is just like sleep and so laya means a resolution of subject and object is called laya so the resolution is is in the macro level is called laya and in the resolution on the micro level is called sleep sleep is laya and so you can you know you cannot say bhagavan is sleeping because bhagavan doesn't sleep but what is sleeping is the need for anything else other than bhagavan in the form of brahman sachidananda to exist so here when we talk about bhagavan our brahman we talk about brahman with the, from the standpoint of the swarupa lakshana ha from the standpoint of the swarupa lakshana you don't talk about tatastha lakshana and let's not get confused tatastha lakshana means the the cross sitting on the house or uh, you know uh, or brahman uh, bhagavan in relation to the creation which comes and goes so bhagavan's status as the creator is only a uh, you know incidental because one can be called creator only when one creates something when one is sitting quietly without creating anything then well, there is no creation uh, and no creation to look after or to resolve or to take back or to put forth then what do we call it <laughs> you know there is it is just sachidananda it's it's uh, you know uh, again within quotes <laughs> it's essential nature <laughs> meaning that which is not incidental that which is intrinsic uh you know it's swarupa but known by the indicatory words satyam gnanam anantam we've seen this you know this is what is called uparistha uparistha means the transcendental which is not which is untouched by the creation cycles going and coming this limitless which is which is you know which is untouched by the cycles of going and coming and in itself it is shantaha all these things we have seen all these you know all these words in i think they were in uh, mantra 4 we have seen them at length you know sthiraha shuddhaha putaha shantaha all these things so the unchanging that which is shantaha resolved and which is you know 
which is free of all names and forms and which the indicatory words sat chit ananda point to they just point to because the truth of that you already know and you already are you are satchidananda and you recognize that and so therefore what so therefore we are talking of brahman from the standpoint of you know the uh, its nature you know in between cycles of creation which is by itself which is there is nothing else other than brahman so so that is likened to a sleeping person because in sleep one is by oneself there is nothing other than oneself you know and so therefore what how does this being you know create without intentionality you say bhagwan has no desires for himself herself and how does this creation take place <laughs> so you know even though we say so kamayat bahusyam praja yegeti understood like the desire of the way awake person to awaken after 8 hours ha so that so the intentionality here is not a, you know or when we when we take it to the extrapolate it to the macro level it's not like bhagwan said in the previous cycle of creation the next cycle of creation is going to be after this many you know thousand years or million years whatever the the time gap would be no but the but the example helps us to see how without intentionality from nothing other than itself it can it can quote unquote you know manifest as the entire creation so how how does that happen because this creation is nothing but a memory a recall of that creation previously ha ah, that's all it is so it's a blueprint that was merely recalled so that is you know so buddhi purvam here means memory and then is memory enough to create what about desire yeah what about prarabdha you said prarabdha yes the prarabdha karma is is very much active <laughs> who now bhagwan also started to have karma no 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 <laughs> whose karma it is it is the karmas of the clamoring jeevas who are also on the macro level they are also in a place of demanifestation <laughs> they are not sleeping they are just not yet manifest but their desires knock on bhagwan's head i want a body i want ice cream one says and the other one says i want a, a you know i want to experience some uh, sky diving <laughs> mountain climbing rock climbing you know so poor bhagwan has to think of mountains in response to this this demand <laughs> so then <laughs> so bhagwan has to create mountains i want to go hunting so then all kinds of you know sad animals uh, with with their own prarabdha are created so that this fellow can go hunting and then reap the benefits of of that uh, life of hunting by becoming a hunted down uh, you know either human being or animal in the next life ah so all the prarabdha karmas are put together all the sanchita karmas are put together who should meet whom who should marry whom when how and in which city should somebody grow up and what kind of parents they should have and then when they they should leave that particular city or country and and go somewhere else and what kind of job they should have what kind of struggles they should have and why those struggles all of it is in encapsulated form this is all knowledge this is knowledge and it just bursts forth 
you cannot say in time that's why we don't have this you know that's why whatever the bible says on the first day he created this on the second day he created this you know uh, we can't take that literally because how can there be day day means time yeah you know how can there be day and then at the last day he said oh i forgot to put light here is light how can there be day without light so you know we can't take this literally so we have to you know possibly there is some metaphorical uh, you know meaning for that because that's number 7 you know is a very important number even in the uh, in the vedas so probably that that number of days week uh, 6 days 7th day all these things are uh, you know um, uh, have some metaphorical meaning you know if we we are talking of uh, creation you know it we, we are not trying to make it scientific veda is not scientific you know veda is not scientific if veda was scientific there, there would be some uh, what is that some kind of a um, uh, you know it, it would be based on inference it's not it's a pramana but what how this means of knowledge called the veda vedanta works is that it does not it cannot contradict other means of knowledge it tells something but that it doesn't contradict what the other things say so that's why when a scientist studies vedanta sincerely it is not a red rag as other religions are if stephen hawking you know if uh, stephen hawking had studied vedanta under a proper teacher uh, uh, you know he would have a different view really that is what the whole thing is he, you know he he was asked do you believe in god and he said god is not necessary to explain the universe this concept of god is not necessary and he was absolutely right because the concept of god that he knew was the one who had you know which which uh, which had been pushed down everybody's throat in his generation even though they may have had an uh, uh, you know um, a religious upbringing and what was pushed down everybody's throat you know the first day this was created second day this was created which scientist is going to you know sit with this no one is he you know he didn't say god doesn't exist you know he says that god cannot be outside of this existence in his own way he said that number one and the second thing he said that is that to explain the universe you don't need this particular concept of god and so really speaking this is you know so veda is not trying to be scientific although you know we re- read a lot of these books this is a current fashion in order to uh, make veda uh, fashionable i suppose and then you know uh, so what happens you know so to make veda fashionable uh, they have all these things you know how what is that um, especially with yagna the science of yagna how yagna is scientific and how how it uh, does these 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 things and you know it may have some effects that for the environment or whatever but that's not the point that you know that that is uh, there for a vedantin to 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 prove we have nothing to prove in fact vedanta itself is a proof of what <laughs> that you are non separate from this being that we have been talking about that is what is vedanta vedanta doesn't need to deal with other proofs it itself is a is a proof that makes other proofs lose the r which which makes other proofs go poof yeah that's what it is so there's nothing to prove there's nothing to disprove it is it is it is telling something that you can and also it's being very honest that when it talks about creation and the cause for creation this is seen as a a, a tentative explanation based on belief ha ah, this is what it is so we don't care if there is if we take away the creation cosmology from the vedas we are not losing anything we aren't really you know that's why the creation cosmology varies from upanishad to upanishad here we have this example very fine example i would say of the sleeping person waking up and we extrapolate on the on the macro level and in the 
Taittiriya Upanishad, we have a five-fold example of, of uh, how this, you know, um, how uh, the various um, koshas, even though they are not called that, koshas here means the, the, the locus of ignorance, various blocks on the level of the body, on the level of the mind, on the level of, you know, being a, um, uh, what is that, being a doer identifying as the doer, identifying as the bhokta, etc. They become blocks to understanding oneself as the, um, as Bhagavan. So, and then, you know, in the Chantokya Upanishad, uh, you know, in the, in the, sorry, in the Taittiri Upanishad, so these five-fold blocks are, you know, um, are correlated in a way with the five elements. But in the Chantokya Upanishad, they say that only three elements have come from Bhagavan. So, is there a contradiction? No. Why? Between the Chandogya and the Taitriya, there cannot be a contradiction. You can only have a contradiction if one is a literalist and one is looking and one's purpose is not self-knowledge but parsing facts about which and getting stuck in creation myths. Or creation explanations. The creation explanation is for the Ajnani. The one who is asking where did this creation come from. <laughs> Vedanta has no pressure to explain the creation. Oh really? Then why are you spending this whole lecture explaining creation? <laughs> yeah, there is no pressure to explain creation. Because if I didn't spend this whole lecture explaining the, the, this whole thing, then there will be lots of questions. But then why does this world exist? Why did Bhagavan create? So these are all tentative explanations, all heavily based on one order of Bhagavan, which is called the karmic order. I don't believe in this order. Okay, don't believe. Ow, what happened? When I said I don't believe and shrugged the shoulders, I had a frozen shoulder on one side. <laughs> okay, that is karma. Oh, this is what you meant. <laughs> well, how, why can't it be that it's a coincidence? Okay, it's a coincidence, no problem. We call it karma, you call it coincidence. But then what to do when lots of coincidences are there every day? You know, so the first one is co-coincidence. Second one is co-coincidence. Yeah. And the third one is co-co-co-incident. Co-incident, you'll have to keep saying co-co-co-co-co and you'll sound like a rooster. Okay? So, <laughs> what's the, you know, you, we just call it karma. How many coincidences? Coincidence is two things suddenly happening for which you have no explanation. We call it karma. That's all it is. Whether you believe it or not, uncomfortable situations exist. And they, and they come at the most inopportune times. Yes, slowly, I mean, it's no fun to miss it by a wide margin, a, a, you know, an exam, a, what is it, you know, uh, um, an opportunity, a job interview, whatever it is. You have to miss it by a small one thing off. Yeah, then only it is called karma. So this is an explanation. We say that it's a manifestation of Bhagavan. It's not a, it's not a commandment of karma. Uh, sorry, Bhagavan. It's not a punishment of Bhagavan. Oh, you, you have been naughty. So you are going to get, you know, what is that? Coal in your socks. Not socks. What is it that you hang on the mantelpiece? Something. Christmas. You know, those sock-like things. And, uh, you know, you are going to get coal. <laughs> And then the other one, you've been very, uh, uh, what is it called? Stocking. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you get coal, <laughs> you get coal in the stocking. Why? Because you've been bad. And, and then you get a nice present because you have been oh so good. I mean, this is good for children. This is wonderful for children to teach some discipline and to make them, you know, look forward to something and all these, you know, these are all deterrents and all these things. Probably, you know, the parents can have a good one or two months um, of easy parenting from October to December. So that <laughs> at least the whole year they are not nice, maybe. So the last two months, the young ones, the little ones, they they tried to be nice. <laughs> so this is, this is nice for, for children. 
but this is not an adult explanation you've been bad and so you know on your, not only on you but on your whole city there is this fire going to rain and all these things and you have done you know and then but this is i'm a loving god but you have been bad so therefore you know this is not a retribution of a guy in the sky called bhagavan who is raining you know some kind of fire and fury on you because you have not done what they have told you to that is you know this is juvenile at best so uh, and that's why even the shri rudram that we are studying in atlanta you know that also starts off at this note the the hapless hopeless helpless jeeva you know quivers <laughs> aquivers you know why because bhagavan has arrows in his quiver you know for for this frightened jiva of of the sling, uh, you know facing the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune that's why i keep this is from hamlet okay yeah <laughs> to be or not to be that famous monologue to be or not to be that that is the question you know whether to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune i always say you know shakespeare must have studied shri rudram because this is how it is imagine in this hopeless jeeva's mind uh, what you know this bhagavan has is is like a hunter with arrows and a, and a quiver full of arrows that makes this this jeeva quiver in fear because all those arrows are being taken out and directed right at this jeeva who is trembling and says vahimam trahimam oh save me help me direct your arrows somewhere else here this one has been really bad you know this one over there my neighbor he's a gunda gunda means a decoit you know does all kinds of things you know just little bit direct the arrows little bit over there this is the you know this is the shri rudram in the beginning ha and by the time we get as it starts to unfold you know the jiva grows up as a result of this prayer you know first the jiva says i'm helpless i'm hopeless you you know your mercy is all i seek because i see these you know banas these arrows of retribution directed at me oh help i can't even gaze and look at you all i can do is fall flat at your feet surrender sharanagati and that sharanagati brings in buddhi absolutely because when the limited notions surrender unto the limitless then you know there, there is nothing other than limitless and that that quote unquote experience of sharanagati that experience of surrendering to the limitless you know uh, brings in that that oneness to the fore that desire for that oneness to the fore and the jiva grows up a little bit in the course of the prayer and later on you know the jiva says you know uh, this this is you know this is karma this is not you seeking retribution <laughs> this is my own karma that that you know is coming out so save me not from you save me from myself the prayer takes a, a decidedly save me from the worst of myself the prayer takes a decidedly you know a turn a mature turn because the jiva now as a result of this surrender and as a result of learning the meaning of this prayer grows up ah, grows up means becomes emotionally gains emotional maturity to be able to look at this you know squarely in the uh, you know in the thing yeah in the face and recognize this ah. so therefore what so therefore we don't have this so this whole you know please understand this even though we are going into this creation quote unquote myth or whatever it is it is myth because it is mithya really we are not interested in how the creation came into being and how many elements are there are there three are there five how many koshas are there how many eyes are there how many noses are there we are not interested in that which came first which came second are we are not we are talking of that which is timeless time is part of creation space is part of creation this is this is what made einstein great he talked he you know he what should i say went against everybody 
and said that space and time are part of creation. And then, you know, by warping time, you can see this. How do you warp time? I mean, you can do this uh, at a virtual level. You know, time and space is, is, is not linear, it is curved. I mean, this is mind-blowing, really. This is all, you know, this is all just, the, that means the time and space is curved means what? It looks different from different, you know, standpoints. Ah, it, it, the, for the one who is in this warp and in this curve, they experience the onslaught of time and space as, 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 as an oppressive, you know, uh, as an oppressive onslaught, uh, as constrictive. Yes, as a source of constriction. But you are outside of that, then it is just simply a, a glory of Bhagavan. Time is a glory of Bhagavan. Space is a glory of Bhagavan. That is why, you know, we have Kali. <laughs> Who is Kali? The goddess of time. Kala Bhairava, her consort. <laughs> Lord of time. Yeah. We worship Time as a manifestation of Bhagavan. And in Chidambaram, a famous temple in South India, we worship space as a manifestation of Bhagavan. You go there and you look for the Shivalinga. It's supposed to be a Shiva shrine. And all you see is a garland as though magically suspended in the air. You know, with a little nylon thread which you can barely see. First, you can't see it at all. You say, oh my God, this is a rahasya. Rahasya means it's a great mystery. How? What is this here? A garland hanging in the in the air, uh, uh, you know? Because how else are you going to garland space? <laughs> how to garland space? I mean, how much yards of flowers and string will you need to garland space? Can you even dare to garland space? Yes, if you have this knowledge, you can as though garland space and say, you know. Namaha to space, wherever and however it exists, it is non-separate from you. This is this is Vedanta, really. This is Vedanta. We are not sort of talking of time and space as absolute. So really speaking, this whole, you know, this 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 uh, obsession with creation, you know, is is not uh, appropriate for a Vedanta. You know, so therefore what? So therefore, we, you know, we, we just explain the creation from the standpoint of an order, the karmic order. And why do we choose the karmic order? There are so many orders of Bhagavan, the climate order, the, you know, uh, order of Dharma, so many orders of there. The karmic order is, is great, is, is, is the one that is the, the, the most felt, most palpable from the standpoint of the jiva. Because the jiva, the ignorant jiva is asking the question, how did this creation come from? And even the valakhilyas of such great, uh, you know, uh, such great capacities, even they are mystified. And they are asking the question, how did this creation come? You know, and really speaking, it did not come. That is the answer given by Prajapati. It did not come. The potential for it was already there. Like a sleeping person's potential to wake up was already made before the sleep. So likewise, the potential is there. And what is that potential? And what is that which, which causes the potential to be activated? Two things, memory and desire. The memory of the previous cycle of creation, which is uh, duplicated, which is replicated. And then what else? The desire of not Bhagavan, because Bhagavan doesn't have desires. The, Bhagava, the, the desires of the jivas clamoring for a kshetra. Ah, and who is Bhagavan? Kshetragyaha, the knower of all the kshetras. Someone says, I want to go surfing, make beaches, you know. <laughs> I want beach. Where should I put the beach? Beach, beach, may. in between things, you make the beach. And other one says, I want mountains. The third one says, I want a nice place where nice, you know, cool air. Make some nice hill stations. Hill stations are areas, you know, where all the, the, the when the British came to India, they couldn't poor things. They couldn't stand the heat. Really. We say that uh, colonization must have been our papa karma. 
you know, for the Indians. But really, colonization was not kind to those poor British officers and the lackey and all the people that came over on the ship from England. You know, half of them did not survive because the ships in those days is not easy. I mean, here you sit in a plane and you get down in Heathrow Airport, but that is not what we are talking about. <laughs> you know, there, you know, ship means six months it would take and so many things could happen, you know, and they did not even have that much weather mapping capacities. And so there they were in nice, uh, cool you know, England, where the sun shone once in a while, <laughs> you know, once in <laughs> once a week at the most. And then here they came to 100 degree weather, New Delhi in the summer. And then sultry 90 degree weather, Mumbai and Kolkata. And then horrible weather in Chennai, you know, sultry and hot. Both in Chennai they came. And they could not even think, forget <laughs> trying to rule the country or trying to, you know, uh, what is that, do their East India company business. Poor things, they could not even think. So every weekend, you know, they had to had a little holiday, you know, uh, to go somewhere in the hills and then come back to, so that they were at least able to think over there. Because imagine they've been... To, transplanted from this. If, it, if this is not karma, I don't know what is karma. Really. Because, you know, the, 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 the higher-ups decided you are going to India. Oh, no. Yes, you are. <laughs> you are going to India. And even though to us, you know, we, we thought of them as intimidating people, you know, who, who um, uh, you know, who killed a lot of people, who d engaged in genocide, you know, of, of so many people in India and then who engaged in all these things but from the standpoint they were just you know uh, people I'm not excusing the genocide or the wrong decisions they made but what I'm saying is you know look at the look at all these small small lackeys and all the way up to the viceroy and uh, you know who, who look to us very intimidating oh my god they have so much power and here <laughs> You know, they, they were running to these uh, hill stations to be able to only function and think. And those hill stations, you know, like uh, Masuri, Manali, Kulu, uh, this Dalhousie, all these things. That This Dalhousie is made, named after Lord Dalhousie, really. And so there were little enclaves in the hill where they built a nice little resort for themselves <laughs> because they could not literally and figuratively stand the heat. Ah. So then the desire for hill station is what? You know, is the desire of not of Bhagavan, for, but of the jiva. The desire to colonize, you know, jiva's desire. And the desire to, you know, do this, do that. All kinds of crazy desires people have. And each and every one of those desires are clamoring for fructification fruition you know if rectification is not a word i don't think it is each one is clamoring for fruition and as each one clamors for fruition it's as though again as though bhagavan says all right all right you know i'll make a kshetra that is appropriate for you be careful what you ask for because you may not want it no, I want to colonize a country. We all want to colonize a country. Okay, then you'll be born in England. You'll be born in Portugal. You'll be born in France. Because these are all the main... Co and in, uh, you know, you, you, you'll have a... You'll be born in Holland because uh, Dutch were also the colonizers. Yeah. So, you know, these, these you'll be born in these countries. And at a particular time, just around the time the industrial revolution starts, it's amazing. How can you sort of think of all these things? And how can you do this? You know, it's amazing. It's That's why we say Bhagavan cannot have a mind because it's not a mind that can think. This just has to be unbridled, limitless knowledge that is manifest in the form of all these karmas and those karmas are put together, colonizer with the colonized, you know, and then the punishment for the one that was the colonizer in this life. Yeah. Next life what? indentured laborer that's all it can be what else can it can it be <laughs> you know this is what the whole thing is 
and so like this you know the whole creation just comes out satapotapyata having thought about the last cycle of creation creates the hills the dales the mountains the rivers the beaches the the rocks for people to climb <laughs> and for uh, little lizard jeevas to sun on because their desire also matters yeah and then uh, bones for the dogs <laughs> and then the, you know all these things are just there you know you think of it it is manifest and you know bhagavan thinks of it it is manifest as though by magic because there is no time lapse or time gap between one thing being created and another thing be- being created that's why the scientists are very pleased with the uh, you know with with the whole thing called vedanta and therefore what so this is how the creation took place you know without intentionality uh, without a conscious intentionality or desire because the desire is on the part of the of the beings who who are sick of being in a demanifested state see the jiva doesn't come to an end after death after the individual jeeva's death we know this it doesn't come to an end why because it goes yatha karma yatha shrutam you know according to its karma and according to what the shruti says it goes on a journey goes to heaven or then immediately gets reincarnated that is our belief now the jeevas are at the macro collective level also do not come to an end they are there <laughs> as a potential because all the desires they have just been for the moment wiped out but they are there uh, held in abeyance maya the shakti to create is held in abeyance avidya on the other side the underbelly of maya maya is all knowledge from the standpoint of ishvara the underbelly of maya from the standpoint of the jiva you know they experience it as avidya so all knowledge for ishvara and all ignorance for the jiva so that is also a, a encapsulated as a potential and then what and then you know it it comes to be yes maya quickens and then covers the jiva so that it doesn't remember anything from its own last life forget the previous cycle of creation avarna shakti maya becomes a sahakarini of brahman you know sahakarini of uh, bhagavan you know means uh, uh, what is that a helper so to speak a a a, a co creator co creatress uh, she becomes and then what does she do she you know manifests as the jagat she uh, you know is she enters into all names and forms and makes sure that no name and form is without the presence of bhagavan she enters into it she is the raw material and you know and what happens is that you have the whole jagat for this jeevas to come and play <laughs> so bhagavan is kshetrajna and the jeevas want the kshetra the a kshetra means a a a field to play and then there is a ball created and then there are teams and then you have a game <laughs> this is what it is the whole creation is a is as though a game from the standpoint of the jeeva the one that is covered as though in ignorance you know the jeeva doesn't come to an end the jeeva is just held in abeyance the jeeva is just back to a causal form all the jeevas you know just like in 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 a big sleep that is why why it is called mahapralaya you know in a big deep sleep all the jeevas are sleeping their desires are also sleeping but the desires overpower and wake up because of the blanket of avidya that's why the desires wake up uh, you know avidya is the factor for the desires to 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 wake up and uh, so therefore we don't say bhagavan creates the jeevas no what are jeevas that same consciousness that bhagavan is what is the separating factor avidya that's all it is and what are we doing here getting rid of avidya that's why one is you know one is 
Kshetragnya. Just like Bhagavan, one is also Kshetragnya. And this Kshetragnya alone has the, you know, has the, you know, that is the fruit of Vedanta. That is the fruit of the study of Vedanta that you are, you, you truly understand that you are none other than Bhagavan without needing to give up the body, without needing to give up the Jagat. Ah, because it is Bhagavad Srishti, there is no need to give it up. You just, you know, as though step out of the ignorance. That's all you do. You let the coils of the ignorance drop with the study by gaining clarity about the truth of the self. Yeah, so that is what the, uh, the whole thing is. And, uh, you know, just like in the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad, we have a... Uh, we were on the mantra number 5 for a long time. Here also looks like by a strange coincidence, we are in mantra number 5 for a long time. So the rest of it we will see tomorrow. So there is a lot that has been talked about. So just spend some time, um, you know, assimilating that. Okay, yeah. And... Uh, how is it possible for a jiva to clamor? Jiva doesn't clamor. The desire, the desires when they get, you know, when they coalesce, all the desires of all the jivas coalesce and they and they quicken because of avidya. This is all, you know, because the jivas, uh, again, just like the decision made between the, uh, before the sleep, same, just like how you decide to wake up, same thing. And if it is before, then there is a time lag between the clamoring and getting. No, there is no time lag. That's why I kept on telling that there is no time lag. Yeah. In uh, this life's prarabdha luggage, having been specially chosen and packed from the jiva's vast armor of Sanchita, uh, see, seems surely special. Yes, Shramanam is part of that package. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you de define causal? That which causes, uh, you know, that which causes waking up is causal. <laughs> that which causes birth is causal. <laughs> so causal is agnyatna. Yeah. So on the macro level, causal means karana, karas for birth. And the cause for birth is avidya and then intermediary cause is desire. Okay. Yeah. And this, no, Sanchita is ultimately not there. Yes, Ravanam takes care of it because it's really not there. And the, and the, and the, we still have to do a little more of this continuation of this lecture about it not being there. Tomorrow we'll continue with that. Om Purnamadas Purnamidam Purnat Purnamadachate Purnasya Purnamadagya Purnamivavashishate Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Pyo Namaha Harihi Om